Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Show. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain, psychotherapist and the author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. And hello to Sean, our director in our studio. This is a show about what matters most in our life, our minds, our thoughts, feelings, actions, and relationships and fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. Today, I will share with you the tip of the week about how to forgive ourselves. It's important to let go. And then I share with you the latest research about psychedelics, and um, which is coming from John Hopkins and Berkeley Institute. And then I chat with Juliet Berlin. She's the author of The Modern Medicine Woman, an advocate for natural healing modalities, and she is a health coach. Uh, just an announcement for all of you who are out there who are therapists or coaches, life coaches. I am um, opening up a certification program. We've already certified the first group and the second uh, series of certification program is starting February. So contact me, I'd love to hear from you. And for all of the, uh, you are listening, subscribe to my YouTube channel and podcast, connect with me through any of the social media at Dr. Fujian Zain and um, contact me at fujianzain at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. But first, here's the tip of the week. Here's the tip of the week. As um, we embark on a new year, it's important for us to forgive ourselves for all that we think we have done wrong or for a part of our character or the way our body is. Forgiveness of self is much harder than forgiveness of others at times. Why should we forgive ourselves? Because it frees us. It frees us from anger, from resentment, depression, self-loathing, self-blaming, and pretty much self-punishment. Why is it so hard to forgive um, ourselves? We might hold ourselves to a higher standard than other people. We might not trust that we will not do the unforgettable, unforgivable act again in the future. We might think that we have no control we might see the problem as not changeable or fixable. I've spoken with a man who was addicted, did not spend time with his son, and his son refused to talk to him. He can't bring the past back to change the course of their relationship. So he's angry at himself for creating this result. And since he's facing the loss daily, he can't forgive himself. I talked to a woman who had an abortion and feels guilty about not having a child since daily she faces the lack of the child in her present moment. She can't forgive herself for making that decision no matter how many times she goes back and looks at the reality of why she did what she did and she made the right decision for that time. But today her, um, her needs have changed and because her age does not allow her to have children, that desire she needs to mourn for the rest of her life. 
I spoke with a young woman whose body shape is not up to par with what fashion allows. So she can't forgive herself for not taking care of her body as a teen and feels powerless to change herself since she contributes to this matter to not, um, this, this matter gets contributed because she can't get a date or go into a relationship. Others I've spoken to that can't forgive themselves for passing opportunities of a lifetime, having uh, affairs or acting in a way that they lost relationships that they can't bring back. It's hard sometimes to go back and have compassion for yourself especially if you're consistently having to pay the consequences of some of the decisions you make. It happens to all of us. So how do we forgive ourselves? Let's own it first. You can take responsibility and be accountable for the part that you did in creating a result that was not favorable for you. You may have made a mistake or consciously done an act to get a particular outcome that was only beneficial to you. Either way, in the long term, the results didn't turn out the way you wanted, and it didn't turn out in your favor. Let's see if this is a matter of the past or the present moment. If it's a matter of the past, something you've done before or caused um, hurt and harm to someone, can that relationship be repaired? Can you clear and clean up with that person? Can you communicate your remorse and make a new commitment? All of these lessons, the guilt, feeling that you carry for a lifetime. You can realize that at the time of any incident, you made a decision and acted upon the available information at the hand at, hand at that time. And in the present moment, you have a broader perspective. In hindsight, every, everything looks different but you might have to go back and really see what were the conditions at the time you made those decisions. And if you looked at all the aspects, you might see that at that moment, that was still probably the best possible choice with the information you had at that time, or there was a desire and there was a need that needed to be fulfilled at that time that just wasn't gonna be fulfilled any other way. Although maybe your logic said it's not okay, but the emotional need did what it needed to do. Treat yourself the same way that you would treat a friend who made a mistake. Sometimes we're so much more compassionate with others and forgive them, but just don't do it to us. Evaluate the standards that you would hold for others and compare them with the standards you're upholding for yourself. Treat yourself as you would treat others actually probably with a hell of a lot more compassion. <laughs> Evaluate the realm of your responsibility for the incident. See how far it was you're doing and what was the line when others were also responsible for whatever happened. Only take ownership of what you created and drop the load that was not your doing. This includes not holding yourself responsible for other people's emotions or thoughts as well as their actions. Don't attach a negative general label or meaning about yourself because of some mistakes or action, such as I'm such a failure that I will always screw up. I'm in a screw up all the time. I'm such a liar. I'm this or that. 
when you make this type of generalization about yourself, you will feel powerless and hopeless. You're more than one action or a mistake. You are also the person who learns from your mistakes or mishaps and can make them a better decision. Write a letter from the part that needs to be forgiven to you, acknowledging what needs to be forgiven and the sense of genuine remorse. Then write to the part of yourself that you need to forgive as if it is a dear friend. Acknowledge the learning, what you've learned already. See the strength and the resiliency of that part and the growth that came from all of that experience. And commit to loving and integrating toward wholeness. Set values for yourself to uphold that you can be proud of and live them daily. So when you, when you hold on to a set of values and behaviors and commitments, then no matter what you can be proud of and assess everything you want to do in your decisions based on those values, I promise you, you'd be much more proud of yourself all the time. And then you get forgive. For more observational skills and integration, um, get my book, Life Reset, the awareness integration to create the path that you want. Thank you. Well, psychedelic drugs, once promising research subjects that were decades ago relegated to illicit experimentation in dorm rooms, have been steadily making their way back into the lab for a revamp, 21st century style look. Scientists are rediscovering what many see as the substance's astonishing therapeutic potential for the vast range of issues from depression to drug addiction and acceptance of mortality. In a major boost to the reviving field, John Hopkins Center for Psychedelic and Conscious Research is exploring the use of psychedelics on human beings, primarily uh, psilocybin, a psychoactive compound found in certain mushrooms and LSD, for problems ranging from smoking addiction to depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, anorexia, and Alzheimer's disease. Another one is for centuries, if not millennial, indigenous Amazonian shamans have used ayahuasca to heal the physical, emotional, and spiritual ills of their communities. This visionary brew contains the psychoactive compound of DMT, as well as other chemicals called monoamine um, oxidase inhibitors, which blocks the enzymes in the human body that normally breaks down DMT before it reaches the brain. So studies carried out by the Berkeley St. Paul uh, Research Program have revealed that ayahuasca use leads to an increase in several key traits associated with mindfulness, such as decentering, which refers to the ability to observe one's thoughts and feelings in the objective and non-judgmental way. This in turn has been shown to help sufferers of a depression, anxiety, grief, and PTSD to overcome their condition. These brain imaging studies at Berkeley um, Foundation have shown and revealed that ayahuasca reduces the control of the brain network called the default mode network and provide compelling evidence that this may be behind the bruised therapeutic power. Um, in intriguingly, they also showed how certain compounds of ayahuasca stimulate the birth of new neurons from stem cells into a Petri dish. This opens the door to the possibility of using ayahuasca to regenerate damaged brain cells, potentially 
pointing the way to a new pathway to even treating Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, ayahuasca intake led to significant increase in the two facets of the FFMQ indicating a reduction in judgmental processing of experience and in inner reactivity. It also led to a significant increase in decentering ability as measured by the EQ that changes our classic goals for conventional mindfulness trainings. And the scores that were obtained uh, were the same average of uh, what any of the mindfulness training is, um, is, is trying to create. And um, uh, they're at the same range of those observed after extensive uh, mindfulness practice. So the, if you are interested in any of the scientific research or you want to be part of the research, John Hopkins Center, Berkeley Institute, and MAPS, multidisciplinary um, association for uh, psychedelic um, psychedelics, you could do that, MAPS also, MAPS.org. So you could go to any of them to see some of the research or if you have a depression or would like to be part of the research. Thank you, we'll be right back. Well, welcome back everyone. I'm Dr. Fujan Zain and I am so excited to have Juliet Berlin with me. She is the author of The Modern Medicine Woman and she's an advocate for natural healing modalities and she is a health coach. It is so exciting to have you with me, Juliet. Thank you for having me. I'm, the honor is mine. Thank you. So let's first explain what a medicine woman is. Um, and then what is a modern medicine woman? Because I think that, um, you know, each person might have their own idea about what a medicine woman is. So share with us. Um, I guess the old days, we can call it the witchcraft, the grandmother recipes for every disease. We have the creams and the teas and all that stuff. But the medicine woman I'm referring here is to working with plants to reach the higher consciousness or access to subconscious, which I use the plant called ayahuasca. And uh, I work with one teacher um, for the past five years and I'm studying under him. His name is Taito Juanito, um, that you know of. Um, so when we work with the plants, we go um, and um, sit with them and they teach us the ways. They, they open the the kennel worms, um, you have access to your subconscious, you, you kind of stop the chatter of your conscious mind and so you can go in there and heal ancestral traumas and figure out what you want to do with your life and all that stuff. So I've been doing that for the past five years and while, where I'm doing that is the jungle, is Colombia, is Costa Rica, where or there's no buildings, only nature. And so I bring that into where I live in Los Angeles in the concrete jungle, but I still am able to continue my learnings, my teachings, um, and combine the two. I mean, I'm still driving a car, I'm still getting my hair done, I'm still doing um, the modern civilization things that it's called, I guess, um, the things that I'm doing, but I'm also doing the other st stuff. So I'm mixing the both. I guess that's why it's called the modern medicine one. You don't have to give up on anything to pursue anything you want. 
So um, I mix the both, you know, I, I do the inner work and my health coaching and biohacking and technology, all that stuff comes to the other work, the physical body. And so my book is all about the combining two. Well, for everybody who's with us, uh, who's either viewing us or listening to us, um, I met Juliet uh, in Colombia. Um, I had gone also to um, a, a resort and, and a kind of meditation and uh, plant medicine a retreat uh, for 12 days. And um, I, this was the first time I've ever experienced plant medicine. So um, it was... Um, you know, I was, I was a novice at, at all of this. And, you know, talking to you, Juliet, and other people who were there, um, obviously, it's one of those matters that um, it's an old, old ritual and medicine, thousands of years. And I think that it's now taking um, a whole different concept again, I think, partly because of the research that is beginning to happen again on all of them with animals and with human being, John Hopkins University has launched um, a, a, you know, a whole area just to the research on human, human being. MAPS has done that, Berkeley Institute has done that, and there's a lot of research trial that are being um, done on psilocybin and uh, magic mushrooms, and then also uh, 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 ketamine, it, you know, they're doing a lot of research on ketamine with human beings about regarding depression. Um, letting go of drugs and, um, you know, recovery from drugs and ayahuasca, which also has the DMT in it. And I know that there's a lot of research that's being done. So part of this concept where it used to be in 1960s, where uh, people were gravitating and having a different type of experience, and then it moved to a world of partying, I think it's now coming back uh, full force in the world of therapeutics and medicine and how it works for people. And um, so in the in the meantime, also working with these medicines, with people who are uh, have done this for thousands of years as a ritual versus somebody just kind of like, you know, uh, a buddy says, got some come over and we'll do it. So it has a different context into it. When you are doing this uh, from the ritualistic place and honoring um, what the medicine is supposed to do. So can you share a little bit about um, what your experience and not only the personal experience, but because you're working with so many people for so many years and you are um, um, working with the, with the Taita, what what is your experience of how the medicine works for people? Um, thank you for this question. It's great because now the plant medicine is changing stage in the world. It's five thousand years old. This is a tradition that indigenous people use to cure themselves and and come to today where they are with um, this. Everything we need as humans are provided in the nature. That's why we have the Amazon. That's why we have all the herbs and plants and flowers and certain animals. They're, they're there to support the human life. Unfortunately, yes, in the 60s, maybe they used it for recreational purposes, partying and all that. But remember, it started, even cocaine started as medicine until we came in and we messed it up and we mixed it with some other stuff and start using it recreationally. So 
ayahuasca was not allowed to be served for white people. They call us the white people, the Westerners. Um, it took for our teacher Taita to break some walls to be able to for him to actually bring this into the Western world. And I would say for the past 20 years, all the doctors, including Ramdas, including um, all the names that you were saying, the book, the DMT um, spirit molecule. I don't know if you read that book. Mm -hmm. These doctors have been studying DMT, which is in ayahuasca, the plant. It's actually two plant mixed together. One of the enzyme, the one of the um, leaf is the one that carries the DMT. We usually, we normally produce it. It's in our body. It's not something that we don't have. So I don't ever, I don't even see it as a drug because it's part of me. Because yes, one of one of the research that I read is the same way that the melatonin starts um, at night and it's a natural concept. And some people now take melatonin as a pill, but DMT is the highest at around three o'clock in the morning. And that's where we dream, the state of dream, which is also its own hallucinatory concept. But that is the highest that we produce. Our own body produces DMT. And that's why it receives it from the plant as if it's just its own natural concept, that it's not something that is a synthetic out there and it's not supposed to be. It takes it as, oh, it's, a, it's my natural thing. Exactly. So the melatonin is produced in the dark, so does DMT. So when you're in the deep, 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 deep sleep, we are producing DMT. But we have an enzyme in our stomach that actually stops the production because if we didn't have that enzyme, everybody will walk around like Jesus. Oh, I see this, I see that. So the minute you're um, exposed to light, your brain stops it. So when we drink medicine, because there's two trees mixed, one of the enzyme, the other one is the molecule DMT, that enzyme, the, the leaf will stop the enzyme to kill the DMT so we can continue journeying even um, if there's light, you'll still be journeying. That will put your conscious mind to kind of calm down, sleep mode, so you can hear your subconscious, which is your soul, which is your spirit, your soul talking to you. That's why the most men, I mean, that's why we do the ceremonies at night. Because we're working with our body's natural chemical intelligence. Mm -hmm. So... I feel now with all the healing modalities and the properties in every plant, um, it's coming to the surface in the Western medicine and now people are more going towards natural way of healing. That's why I think the ayahuasca tourism is booming. Uh, everybody is looking for alternative ways to heal their cancer, MS, Alzheimer, um, addiction, traumas, because what happens is our body is a memory bank. We hold on to all those memories as energy and it will get stuck in certain places. A woman who is abused or who is suppressed will carry all this stuff on the lower chakras. Or um, a woman who cannot speak because again, I'm Turkish. I mean, you know, like woman is like kind of the secondary, like we, we can't, worded out we can't be ourselves we can't express this 
and everything we carry on here. Therefore, we have a lot of breast cancer. So all these energies are stuck in our body. But when we drink medicine, we have access to all that because medicine will go in and will clean the pipeline. That's why we have hard ceremonies like we are purging, we're crying, we're pooping, we're, we're getting rid of all that stuff. Even though you fasted all day, you don't know what you're purging. There's no food coming up, but there's something coming up, right? So medicine is the nature's doctor. It's and if, definitely it's a purgative medicine. This is not a recreational medicine. This is no. a purgative medicine. And, which, yeah. and it needs to be activated because you're dealing with the spirit. That's why you cannot drink this by yourself at home. You have to be in the collective container. It's not necessary. It's not recommended to do it by yourself because the collective consciousness, we are more power as one and we are in a container. It's called the Maloka. And you have a guide who has been studying with the medicine, who knows what to do when you go down. It's like, you can have a brain surgery without a surgeon. You can't go into a, you know operation room without a doctor. And Taita is our doctor because he's done it. He's been doing it since he's nine years old. It's very important. I always emphasize this with all my heart. Don't think, drink this thing by yourself or with someone who calls himself a shaman because this is your life. So it's very important to do it in the ceremonial setting. It's very important to do it with someone who knows what they're doing. And it's very important to be somewhere where you feel protected, your container is safe, because you're shedding all your skin. Yes, I think uh, the setting and the context and the intention is very important. I've actually heard a lot of this also about psilocybin, that many people who just take the mushroom and are not, they call it a bad trip. Um, and then, you know, they have, um, they, they block themselves after that. And it's so important to, to know that, yes, these are medicine that work. First of all, when your conscious mind is kind of sleeping, uh, the same way with your dreams, the first dreams that show up, even when you look at your dreams and write your dreams, the first dreams that will show up are all your fears, the things that you've got gathered from the world and, you know, you're afraid of or your shortcomings or things that are there will show up for you. And my experience with ayahuasca was the same. Like first I experienced all of the fear and as on a collective level, we were, you know, sharing, that's what you get. First, all of your fear shows up. And then you go into the same way in the dream process that you go into your wishes and your, you know, visions and things you want for yourself and your expansion and connection. And, uh, and then you, uh, people also have this uh, experience of oneness um, afterwards. So the fears show up, things that are your insecure lack, everything that is a lack will show up. It's almost like for us to look at it, watch it, and let it go. And then as you allow that to happen, then this beautiful aspect of just oneness with the world shows up. I remember having the most experience. I've never been in love so much. I've never experienced the amount of love, you know, anything. Human being were in front of me. Trees were in front of me. Nature was in front of me. At one point I was sitting in the bathroom and the wall, the bathroom wall, I was in, in love with the bathroom wall. And it's interesting because the effect of 
that expansion and the neural networks that kind of like expand uh, with, with our own cap capacity and capabilities, it just like it it has um, it has an effect that is sustainable. Some of the research, Julia, that I read was you know it, it remains sustainable for about a month or so, like between thirty to ninety days, in the same intensity. But it's not an experience you forget. So although the chemistry of your body might shift after like you know three months or so. Uh, but the experience expands you in a different level, which you've never had before. And I think this is what I've also heard from people where they've experienced different vers versions of visions, which expanded their businesses, the way they, like you said, they, the way they brought it into the day-to-day uh, -day life, because they saw something about themselves and the capacity that they could have um, that they couldn't have even envisioned it before. Usually as human being, we need to envision something before we could take action on it. Like it has to be a visual sense of it um, so we could take action. And I think I've watched people be able to do that when, like you said, they've done this in the ritualistic way where the setting was not only comfortable, but people were being taken care of in all matters. And then it expanded it also to um, you know, to this concept of sharing with each other, because sometimes you look at it like, is this just a figment of my imagination? Or is this real? Is it not real? And it's like, yeah, all of the above. So my question for you, why do you think she brings she, I mean, the medicine, because it's the Mother Earth? Why do you think she brings the fear first? I would assume with my own experience has been, and even as I said, in the dreams, as we look at the fears is um, it's a, uh, it's like an illusion. It's the fear itself is the illusion that would separate us. And it's almost like, all right, let go of the dirt, let go of the, the illusion that you are alone. Let's go the illusion that you know, your ego matters, let go of the illusion that all of these, uh, you know, um, restraints are on you. And then when you let go of that, then the essence almost of who you are as a human being, as a being, and then, you know, as a spirit inside the being just kind of like opens up. That's what I came up with. What are your thoughts? Um, for me, there's healthy fear and there's unhealthy fear. Of course, we have to feel fear so we're not jumping off a bridge or we're not driving our car 200 miles to another, into the other car. So the unhealthy fear holds us back for our purpose as, a, as the soul. What are we here to experience? In my ceremony last time when actually you were there, I was super fearful and I didn't know what I was fearful of. And then I realized she showed me that I'm fearful of the unknown because as humans, we like control. We like to know where we're going. When we're using our GPS, we put the address in. We know that I'm going to San Diego. And if I'm going to go to a little rocky road on the way, I'm okay because I know my destination. But when you take the medicine or in life, in certain things, I'm taking this leap of faith I don't know if I'm going to fall or not. So this unknown holds most of us back. So when I was with her and I was super afraid to close my eyes because if I close my eyes, I'm going to go this place 
maybe I am not able to figure it out or I don't know where I'm going. So she said to me, I bring the fear up on purpose so you can work through it. What you don't feel, you can't heal. So in the ceremonies, the purging and the going through the um, cleansing in every way, the sweat, the heat, the pooping and the purging and crying, screaming, you name it, yawning, that needs to come first because then she can work through your purpose. So she can show you on the clear canvas. So basically that's how we clean the canvas. That's my interpretation. But um, I feel like we still need healthy fear. It's, I'm not afraid of the fear because most people are fearful of the fear because we are a, a survival mechanism. Our brain is made for us to be able to keep ourselves safe from the dinosaur, from the tiger who's gonna, I mean, we are ancient, you know, um, we are, we don't, our brain doesn't know we have doctors. Our brain doesn't know we have whole foods. Our brain, like, it's an old machine. Mm -hmm. you know so if we're working with the nature then we need to understand okay i'm afraid of jumping off this bridge maybe yeah because that's for me to protect my body but why am i afraid of signing up to this contract that i actually want to do what this is the job that i want to do and everything but you're going to survival and how do I protect myself? Oh my God, what if I can't pay my bills? Oh my God, what if I fail? That fear usually holds us back. So she clears all unnecessary fear so you can hear your soul and you can trust that soul feeling and you can just jump for it. That's why most people are successful after doing ayahuasca ceremonies because they say, you know what? I'm gonna be okay, I'm protected. I'm not alone because we're never alone. That's where comes the unity because yeah. you and I are the same. We're all the same. We're, it's all energy. Two other aspects of um, when you do this in a ritualistic level, which was beautiful as I experienced it, was beside the, the plant medicine, it was also the, a healing that was coming from the titas and then the shamans and you know the, the setting. So there's also healing that is happening there. Um, and then there was just this amazing music, which with the vibration of the music, uh, I just got <laughs> I know, I, it was just like, uh, it's a very special music. It's called the medicine music. It's actually, um, music, the sound, the vibration opens us into the fourth dimension. It's because fourth dimension is the infinite. There's no time, there's no place. It's just being, it's just now. That's music will take you to the next level, the next level, the next level, the next. you'll just travel. Mm -hmm. And you can only get there because music helps our subconscious to open up, it's a gateway. So that's why we use it towards the morning mm -hmm. after all the um, purging. purging and screaming and yelling, it's like a loony house. After all this done, then it's called celebration of life. It's a beautiful um, ceremony. And again, I 
reiterate uh, for anybody who wants to ever try it to uh, do it in a, in a ritualistic with an appropriate uh, guide, an, you know, someone who is a Taita, who is a shaman, who has actually um, you know, a reputable tribe that you have done this, because I think it's important. Um, I also know from the, a lot of the research that most people, uh, you know, the medicine, it, it works for them. Um, it's been stated that someone who does have uh, you know, mental illnesses such as schizophrenia or any of the psychotic illnesses, this might not be their path. This might not be the medicine for them. And also for people to know that um, it's, it's not advisable that if you are on any, you know, any of the psychotropic medications to also combine this with other medication, it doesn't work. Most, a lot of medications don't work together. This is also something that it does not work. So it's important to know that this is not um, this is not a funny business. This is not something that you just want to uh, haphazardly, you know, do this. You need to be able to speak with someone who does an interview with you that needs, you know, looks at all aspects of you and see if this medicine can be helpful for you. Um, and I think that's also important because there, if there were a couple of negative experiences, as I've read in the research. It's all been about people not being truthful to themselves and, you know, to the uh, ceremony place that they were going to um, because they were so excited about having this experience. They did not reveal about other matters, which then it, you know, it, um, it diffuses each other and it might not work for that person's body and psyche. So a word of caution for people who, um, who want to try out and be with the plant medicine to be honest with themselves and to be honest with um, the group who are they going to do this because obviously for them to take any medication and have the best um, of what that medicine offers, um, they need to be uh, outward and truthful about it. And I think that's true for any type of uh, medication. If you go to your doctor, psychiatrist. Imagine, yeah, imagine going to doctor for your stomach they both different uh, prescribe you two different different kind of medicine and you take both what will happen so plant medicine is a medicine and most medicines where do they made out of from it may made from plants most of them where the uh, basic compounds are coming i know they make it in the lab but most of the medicine the pills that we're taking have some sort of plant component in it so Plant medicine, yahe, ayahuasca, is the master plant. When you're drinking yahe, you cannot take any other plant, marijuana, mushrooms, you name it. Even we don't mix those because they have different uh, strength and different spirit. It's like you're putting two um, spirit trying to work, but they're going against each other because ayahuasca cannot enter what needs to enter and the other one is blocking it so taking medication will only delay the process or sometimes it will backfire you have to be off of any medication for 28 days before you can actually enter a ceremony space that's why we have the medical uh, medical history but most people lie because they want to they want to they want to experience this but by lying, they're only hurting themselves. Uh, this is, like you said, no joke. This is your life. This is your body. This is your soul. You don't want to 
play these games and um, by lying, you're putting other people's lives into liability because indigenous people don't have the laws that we have here. Indigenous people don't make you sign a contract in a way like they take your word for it mm -hmm. because they, they walk like that. That's how we are. We shake hands. Mm -hmm. So by doing that, you're putting your life in danger and you're putting their liabilities in danger and you're stopping them helping many other people because of what you just did. There's consequences for everything. So. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people live that way. It's not my way, but uh, I don't suggest or recommend anyone who is on any kind of um, hormone medication or heart medication or um, what is it called? Depression medication, that kind of stuff. It's related to your brain chemicals. You don't want to mess with it. Yes, although it's interesting that uh, it has shown that the DMT does work in... Um, um, minimizing or even alleviating um, some of the some of types of depression, but it's important for the person to be off their medicine if if they actually wanted to try this type of a medicine because the two together don't work. They have to be clean. Yes, and most but most of the ones that they've worked on, uh, the researchers are working on seeing a uh, couple of matters. One is the depression, um, anxiety, and then cessation of uh, cravings for drugs and alcohol. So some of the research has been done showing that ayahuasca can support um, recovery from alcohol and other drugs, especially opiates. Um, and it's been successful in that. And some of it had to do with, um, you know, the craving aspect that when somebody um, has been on opiates and then when they decide to, um, to go into recovery, one of the first thing that happens is they get a tremendous amount of depression um, because they were, you know, there was a lot of opiates um, in their system. Well, you want to create new neural pathways. Exactly. So it does help, but it, it, like you said, there has to be a time that the person can have this out of their body before they can have the new medicine in. Yeah. Um, it's, it's healthier that way. So it's sustainable. Yes. And for that reason, because they're clean, their journey will be easier, not as difficult because medicine will really work to clean that up. And you will have a really hard time because having an ayahuasca ceremony is like doing 20 years of therapy in one night. It's no walk on the park. <laughs> yes. So share more about your book, Modern Medicine Woman. Thank you. Uh, well, I always question what is God? I always question why am I here? What's, what, why did I born in Turkey? What, how, like, I always question. I had weird questions as a child and I was never satisfied. And I realized I'm always living the same life in different places. I'm always making the same amount of money. I'm always dating the same amount of guys with different names. I'm always, I'm always the same. I'm like, what is this? Why I cannot break this cycle? Life must be more than this, than what I'm living. So I was on a rat wheel for a long time, but 20 years ago, 
uh, when I moved to Los Angeles from New York, I said, I, I need to change something. This is not working. This is not happening. So I started reading. Um, I've done detoxes. I've done any meditation, any program, any workshop, you name it. I've done everything. Until I find plant medicine, I did not know how to access to my programming because we all have a blueprint and I wanted to access into my blueprint so I can change my life. And I know for a fact now that we're only expression of what's inside is coming up. So if you, if I look at my background, my parents, where I come from, how was my mom raised and what happened? I, I start seeing, oh my God, I just acted like my mother. So those are signals. I said, okay, if I don't want to be that way, I need to go and fix this. And plant medicine was my tool. Um, when I started working with Taito Juanito, I told him all about this, but it's not a one night fix thing. It's a journey. It's learning. It's uncovering, peeling layers of onions. Uh, I, um, I had a lot of ceremonies and I don't think I'll ever stop because now this is part of my life. This is how I live. This is my communion. This is how I learn. Um, I started using Yahe to help me into my blueprint and I can change. Now I have full access. Now with my tools, I can actually change my, from my breathing to how do I manifest things or how I see life right now. I know I'm a soul having a human experience and my body is just like my car. So I take care of it. I do oil change. I wash it, I polish it, I have fun with it because we are here to have fun. Life is supposed to be fun. And yes, I go through difficult times, but now I see them as blessings because everything grows in darkness. Darkness. Even the baby in the womb grows in darkness. All the plants that we plant, we plant it in the earth into darkness. So now I see darkness as blessing. I'm like, oh, something new is coming up. So for me now, everything is glasses half full there are days oh my god how am i gonna pay my bills oh my god i have to go pick up the children i'm like there's a blessing in it there's a bless something new is coming something's happening maybe i don't see it yet so i think i wanted to capture all this in one thing and i put it all in the book and with my health coaching and nutrition and fasting i'm obsessed with fasting actually i'm fasting today i'm just having some tea um, I learned that body has um, power to heal itself if you give it a chance to actually do it. And fasting is the fastest way to heal any disease, to be honest, including cancer, because when you give your body a chance to do the work, it will do it because that's an amazing intelligence that it's given to us as a gift by the gods. <laughs> Uh, one of my experiences, which is re related to what you just said, was, you know, I, I had been abused uh, physically, sexually in a very early ages from age three to eight. And throughout the years, although I did a lot of obviously therapy and, you know, let go, and I did a lot of even physical therapies in um, where I could release a lot of the uh, trauma and the memories, this time in Colombia, when we were there was a group of talking we, we did a radical forgiveness um, um group 
And the essence that happened in my body and the releasing that happened in my body. And then, you know, obviously with the uh, ceremonies, my experience has been since I've come back, this profound love, even with my body, like it's almost like, you know, I've seen, you've seen infants looking at their hands and they're like, ah, <laughs> I'm experiencing this thing of like, I keep saying to my body and caressing it as if like a newfound um, appreciation for my body um, where it was a thought process, but somehow in an emotional level, I had disconnected from it for so long. And obviously because of that, I would go through bouts of gaining a lot of weight and losing weight and gaining weight and losing weight because I just wasn't connected to my body or like when I was eating I wasn't connected to what I was eating and I wasn't listening to my body and since I've come back this experience of the oneness with the body is so profound that even if I eat something it which I'm not like if I don't ask my body I don't connect and then check with the food and still out of my taste buds or recollection of something tasting good I want it I want it immediately my body's like, uh, what did you just do? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. This one's not good for us. And um, it's almost like a different listening to it and a different connection that I have um, acquired being with, with my body, which I'm really, really loving. And, oh, you, and you graduated. You're, you're more aware now. Your yes. awareness got expanded. That's why we drink medicine. Yes, it's it's a very it's a loving experience um, of who I am, who I am inside my body, who I am with other people. Even if I'm short, sometimes I'm I'm tired, and you know I get emails or you know loving even fanfares from from people on social media, and I'm burnt I'm done and then at one point I'm like just not nice anymore you know and then suddenly it catches me again as like hang in there take care of yourself shift and now offer the love so the first love comes and then love pours and it's a very interesting space to be where before I had to justify it and then you know, and then I would even say, okay, I need to be nice or no, 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 you have to be loving. So then I would have to be loving. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, hold on, give yourself, pour pour this love here first, Sat, you know, kind of like be filled with it and then give it away and, and then connect with the world. And these are changes that have really, really um, happened where I'm, they're, they're concrete experiences uh, that I'm having with this connection, a newfound connection. Since you're more aware of your thoughts now, you have more appreciation of everything you have in your life, including your hands, including your legs, because you get to get up, you can feel them, you can wiggle your toes. This is a blessing that we have this gift. Life is a gift. And in my book, I say you cannot fix the body that you hate. Exactly. I am so grateful I can see. I'm so grateful I have fingers. I'm so grateful I can speak. I can hear. Like the morning when I open my eyes out, I'm like, oh my God, I can see. Like, or will you get off the bed, you put your put 
the feet on the floor and was like, oh my God, I, I can't get up. This is a blessing. And then I think most people are in the hospital suffering or they're blind people in the world that they would die to give one day in my world. So these are all gifts and it shifts your perspective so you live a fully happy life. Beautiful. Juliette Berlin, everyone, her book, please get her book, The Modern Medicine Woman. Juliette, where can people find you? Uh, before we go there, I want to say one more thing about the plant medicine. Integration is so important. If you do plant medicine, you will have a clean canvas. You have to have tools. You have to have people. You have to have your best friends like you and I are talking, they have to have community. So um, you need to find your tribe. And when you do plant medicine, when you, with the community, stay with the community because I found it's super helpful to have a community after doing this work. Um, it's very difficult to be alone. Yes. Um, so there are a lot of uh, great, great um, therapists mm -hmm. who support you also with this integration. There are a lot of psycho psychedelic um, therapy um, therapy who works with uh, with this. So please, as Juliet stated, if you choose to have um, this plant medicine, please do it with your tribe, a tribe that is. Um, been there for thousands of years and knows how to work and then find your not only with that community, but also maybe um, um, a psychedelic um, therapist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Functional medicine doctors usually or or a friend who's done it with you, you know, because there are things that we cannot just tell everybody. <laughs> Their, their personal experiences. It's almost like, you know, how you're trying to explain your dreams to other people. Exactly. Uh, it feels like that. Like you're trying to explain your dreams, which you weren't dreaming, you, were, you weren't sleeping, you were right away, but you're trying to explain those to other people. And sometimes you're going to get dismissed by it and uh, you won't get the message that you are the, you know, the, the, the uh, specific experience was trying to give you. So when you are working with someone who is very clear and they have uh, studied about this, then they can sit with you while you figure out what the messages that are coming for you. The same, you have to be on the same vibration. Yes, I mean, the same thing we do with dream analysis and Jungian analysis of dreams. Like that when somebody's sitting there and not meddling inside your process and they're allowing you to really come from the subconscious and bring the subconscious messages <clears throat> to your forefront, is, is the same thing with plant medicine. Yeah. When you have your experiences, you need to see what the messages were for you. The same thing you were sharing, like, you know, um, as we were sitting in, in Colombia and talking about this, but you needed to sit with yourself and finally hear the messages of fear coming to you and saying, this is the message for me in my life. So when it gets muddled with other people's experiences, you might not give yourself ample amount of time and energy and focus to be able to get that message for yourself. Uh, what I recommend to everyone is meditate, 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 get quiet, turn the phone off, go for a walk, listen, or don't listen, do nothing. Just stay on your breath. I swear it helps so much. 
where people can find me. People can find me on Instagram. I'm very active on my account, Juliet Berlin. I also do um, integration retreats. I, I will be posting more stuff coming up soon. Um, they can find me on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. My book is available anywhere that they're selling books. Um, I will be doing a lot more coming in 2022 because yeah. now <clears throat> I clear all the fear of unknown. I'm jumping and I know my wings are already open. <laughs> Beautiful, Juliet. Thank Juliet you. Berlin. Thank you. Juliet Berlin, everyone. Um, the Modern Medicine Women. Thank you so much for taking the time and being with me. I, I want to come back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, do, let's do more other stuff. Different subjects. Right now we cover everything in one. We can dissect it. Definitely. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing world for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye.